Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. I'm James Sharp. I'm here with my colleague Jordan Blackwell and we are here to discuss Leicester City's pre-season, the end of the transfer window, a new signing and everything regarding Leicester building up to that first game of the season against Manchester United in a few days' time. We'll start off because there's a new boy in town. Uh, Leicester have been linked with lots of wingers since Riyad Mahrez joined Manchester City. But finally, Leicester have landed one. And that is Rashid Ghazal of Monaco, 26-year-old Algerian winger, a international teammate of Riyad Mahrez. Of course, all the talk will be that he is a Riyad Mahrez replacement. He plays very similarly. He's a winger that cuts in off the right and quite tricky. He's Algerian. Is he, in a sense, he's a Morris replacement, but in the other sense, can he really replace him, or should we even should we even think about him as a Morris replacement? Um, I, to be honest, I think there's there are too many similarities not to think of him as that. I think, uh, unfortunately for him, there are given his age and you know his his style of play and the fact that he's left footed and first play on the right. I think all of that means that inevitably he he will be compared to Morris. Um, is it a little unfair? Yes, it is unfair. Yes, um, because you know every player should be able to come to a club and and have a chance to build their own legacy, if yeah. you like, uh, without being compared to any previous players. Um, but there was always going to be the case with it. To be honest, always going to be the case with any winger that Leicester brought in because there was a clear there was a clear gap to fill, if you like, with Morris leaving. So I think the it's not surprising that he would be compared and I think his performances will be based on where Mahrez's were um, and I don't think he will be able to live up to them but then again, are there any wingers that Leicester could have bought that would live up to them? Probably but That's not. the thing, isn't it? Because we're all talking about him as being a Mahrez replacement. Clawpoll is trying desperately to say that you can't replace him because... If you look at Morris's numbers, the amount of goals and assists, and we say it all the time about he was the only player to get double figures for both in two last three seasons. A player of Morris's quality and consistency, he sees himself above Leicester. And so any so by that, anyone who has the similar output will either be at a bigger club than Leicester or see themselves as bigger ones. So getting a direct quality swap isn't going to happen. No. But I think fans... Fans are a little bit underwhelmed by the signing, yeah. uh, looking at social media, which is not always the best place to gauge the, the more reasoned of opinion. But a lot of players are kind of writing him off before he starts and are underwhelmed by it. I suppose the only similarity I can gauge with it is that when Ndidi was, was brought in and he had Kante's shoes to fill, after a while, he managed to, to develop his own game and yeah. surpass that, I suppose. Yeah, I think that, although indeed he did have age on his side. Um, but yes, I think that's what 
Gazelle's got to try and do. He's got to try to figure out a way in which he can do things differently to Mahrez. I think that's the only way he'll he'll be able to if he makes it. He's got to make himself different in yeah. a sense. Um, which whether he'll be given the opportunity to, it's hard to say. I think looking at him at the minute, I think I don't. I don't think he'll start. I think I if everyone is fit, I still think Powell will pick Gray and. Um, all Bryson on the wings, so I don't think that's. Um, I think Gazelle will probably come from the bench to start with, but hopefully he'll he'll progress and we'll see you seem slowly get some um, some more game time and uh, and and start maybe challenge Grenoble Bryson for a starting place. Yeah, so I mean I'm quite happy with it. I think because the problem is what is it is we say is expectation, but. He's here to to share the load as opposed to take it upon himself because, as we said, he's that isn't isn't possible isn't possible to do. The question it now leads people to ask is: Is this it? Is this all the the, the deals that Leicester are going to do? We've only got until Thursday afternoon for the, for the window to close. Or can we see Leicester City doing any other business? I mean, they've been linked with. Mamadouf of, of Stoke today, which seems ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the, uh, can you see Leicester doing any more business at the front end of the pitch to begin with? Not at the front end, no. Um, we were just having a, a, a little count up of the amount of players that Leicester have, over 21 players that, that the club have, and then they've got to whittle the squad down to 25 um, by Thursday. Uh, they've currently got 31 over 21 players. Um, a lot of those are attacking players. Um, some that we already know that Puel is doesn't really see a future for uh, in his squad. The likes of Slimani and Ujoa. Obviously, they've already offloaded Musa. Um, but certainly, then adding another player that makes things even more difficult yeah. for Puel to cut, to to cut that squad down. Um, so no, I don't think there'll be another attacking player unless. All of a sudden, there's a marquee signing that they think they can sign that's cheaper than they expected it to be, or something along those lines. But it's not long enough to do that. No, no. And I think as you get closer to the end of the window, the prices go up. So the, the possibility of Leicester finding a, a, a cheap, um, a cheap marquee player, if there is such a thing, yeah. I think it, it's the, those chances are becoming slimmer. Yeah, because I can't see them signing another striker because as. A lot of strikers that Leicester have signed in the past, they struggle with the, they aren't Jamie Vardy tag, yeah. so they they can't. I mean, Musa had that problem, and he's now moved on. They have Vardy there, who is still, yeah, he's getting on, but he's still, as last season showed, he's in goal scoring yeah. form. They've got Ian Apto there now, who, as we'll come to in a bit with pre season, is looking sharp and looking and looking great. So he looks like he will be the one. Eventually, to fill those boots, you've still got Nokazak is still there. Damari Gray has played up front in pre season, yeah. so there are options there. And Claude O'Neill plays with one striker, so I can't see him signing another one, especially yeah. not at the minute. And Wingers, with the arrival of Gazelle, as we say, you've got the like, you've got now Gazelle, Gray, Albrighton, Diabate, yeah. and then at a push, Ricardo Pereira, who's played on the wing. Ben Chilwell's played on the wing before as well. Yeah. So they're all options that I can't see them 
signing any more attacking players. Now we'll come to defensive players in a in a bit, but we can talk now about the Lille game and the end of pre-season. The final pre-season friendly against Lille ended with a victory. They ended on probably the best performance so far of the campaign, which is mm. what you want in pre-season. Yeah. How have you? How do you assess? Things as we lie a few days before the start of Manchester United. How do you feel preseason's gone? Um, I, I think it's gone okay. I think that it's, it's really hard to to look too much into the results and, and maybe even the performances as well. Uh, you know, I was I was thinking back to to last preseason, and I couldn't think of anything that happened in any of the games that that had a bearing on on how Leicester performed in the season. Um, so I don't think it's going to be. It's going to have too much of an impact, but like you say, it is better that they've, they've progressed, um, or it certainly feels like they've progressed through pre-season. I think the, they've started slowly in games, yeah. um, but most notably at Lille, because Lille managed to create a, a lot of chances, but against Valencia as well, um, it felt like they were the second half performances have been a lot better in the, in and the first it, half. And at Udinese as well, they've themselves two, yes. go- two goals down in the space of no time at all, um, and Claude we spoke afterwards, he said they need to cut out those those dodgy starts. And I think I, I do vaguely remember them having some dodgy starts at the end of last season as well and finding themselves behind in games. So that is something they need to work on. Who for you is, has stood out the most? Now, I think there's one name that people are saying above all the others in Ian Acho. Yeah. Has he been your standout of pre-season? Um, you, it's close. I would I'd probably say Madison, I think. I think... Uh, because he he does a job that Leicester have needed somebody to do for a long time, uh, and he looks fairly apt in it. You, you don't really get the impression from watching him, um, even though it is preseason. You don't get really get the impression that he's a new player at the club. Yeah, he look he looks fairly settled there. Even that very first preseason game against Notts County, that it looked like he'd always been playing in that role for Leicester. So that's really promising, and I think he's got the ability and the. The vision and the know-how to, to operate really well in that number ten role, but as you say, Ian Acho is hard to ignore. Ian Acho's goals, um, you know, four in three. And to be honest, even in those three, he's not played complete games. I think he only played half an hour in one, mm-hmm. forty-five minutes in another, and yet he still ended up with four goals, um, which is that's the sort of the, the pre-season boost that you would want as a striker to you know to get that confidence going, particularly when you've got Jamie Vardy not available. Uh, or potentially not available for the first game of the season. Yeah. Um, so, on Inacho, first of all, I think he's looked... We saw at the end of last season, he looked like he was just finding his feet a little bit. He struggled <clears throat> at the start of the season because of that injury he picked up against Borussia Mönchengladbach, that toe injury or foot injury. That set him back, and he could never really get back up to speed. At the end of the season, we saw signs of what all the fuss was about. In goals against... Arsenal and Tottenham, he's carried that on into pre-season. He's looked excellent, and while we might all have been a bit worried that Vardy might not play at Old Trafford, now we think, oh, actually, we've got a player here who's in good form and could could do that job well. The problem we have got then is what happens when Vardy does come back, because we know that Club World plays 4-2-3-1, and Vardy is that one. Yeah. A lot of people are saying, well, play 3-5-2. Because you've got wing backs in Pereira and Chilwell, play Vardy and Nian Ashwood up top. Those are central midfielders. Job is a good one. The problem is, Pereira doesn't play for 3 2, no. 3 5 2. Is there a way that you can get both of those in the team without sticking, well, without sticking 
being actually on the bench. Um, yes, but it would. I think, like you said, <clears throat> Howell clearly has a formation, this four-two-three-one, which doesn't really look like he's going to change it mm. at, at any point. Um, it looks like he's going to stick with that. So I would say that the only way to get Madison, Ianacho and Vardy all in the same team would be to basically to move Madison around. Mm. Um, potentially play Madison out wide, although it's not ideal and he is better in the central role, but I suppose you can push him wide right and he might do it, be able to do a job there. Um, maybe even drop Madison deeper and let him create from deep, maybe alongside Ndidi, and then yeah. play Ian at Joe and behind Vardy. I think that that could work. Yeah, well, he has played... Abora started their last two games, but Abora didn't have a great game against Lille, came off at half-time. Silva came on and looked pretty good, but Kate looked like he came off with a knock. So those two aren't set in stone, so there is a potential there for dropping back. Yeah, yeah, I think the... I think it's particularly against maybe the the lesser teams, if you like, they could probably get away with just having Ndidi as a defensive-minded midfielder in the the two that sit in front. You, and maybe you could drop Madison in there yeah. as a, a more of a playmaker. Ibora and Silva aren't quite as defensive as Ndidi, but they are still yeah. quite defensive players. Ibora kind of sits deep and is, is, plays the, the quarterback role, if you like. Silva sort of harries and is, is box to box. Um, but yeah, so that, there's potential there. But to be honest, I think it's a struggle, and I think. When Vardy is fit, unfortunately for Ian, actually, I think he will drop out of the side and it will be Madison in the number 10 role with Vardy up front. Yeah, you might be right. Well, we'll find this out in a few days' time when we go to Old Trafford. Uh, whether Vardy plays or not, we'll get to that in a bit. Looking good then, going forward. However, there are <laughs> there are causes of concern among fans at the other end of the pitch. Yeah, because while the attack has looked fluid, has looked promising, has not looked any of this sideways, slow stuff, it's been quite vibrant attacking. At the back, those concerns about the defensive frailties have come to fruition. Now, it's not helped by the fact that Maguire has not been back yet. He, he returns today, Monday, to training with Vardy. Johnny Evans' injuries come at a really bad time as well yeah. because it leaves just City captain Wes Morgan and Johan Benelouan as that central defensive partnership. Fans were concerned about that before the game at Lille and after the first 10 minutes they were right to do that because they didn't look great. No, um, <coughs> they, did, they really didn't. There's a, a clear... I don't, I'm not sure, it seems like there's, there's pra- they're perhaps not on the same wavelength. Yeah. There's a... You know, they've scored to... Um, Excuse me. They've struggled to to connect, if you like, and I think a part of the the big part of the of being a centre back is sort of having that connection with your with your centre back teammate. Um, particularly against Lille, we saw opening five minutes, they were cutting through really easily. They were, um, you know, hmm. sending through balls through. Johan Benelouan and, and West Morgan, they didn't have the they didn't have it right in that. Normally, one centre back would possibly push on to close down an attack, and the other would sit deep. They either both went or they both sat deep. Both sitting deep is fine, but then if there's a cross comes in, you've got to, <coughs> you've got to win the ball, which they didn't. Yeah. Wes Morgan miss, missing a header. Um, so yeah, there are re- there really are concerns there. I think they just don't seem to to work as a pair, um, even in pre-season. So I think that. Uh, that is concerning, and I think it's why 
maybe Powell will consider rushing Maguire back, even though he said he won't. Yeah, <coughs> three options, aren't there? Sorry about my coffee. You've got either rush Maguire back, or you trust Donnell Johnson, who is a young lad. It's a pretty big ass to play in Old Trafford. Or you sign a new centre back. Which one? Um, I think <coughs> one or three. I think I still think they'll, Leicester will look to sign a centre back. Um, but then obviously that adds to the problems of the the twenty five man squad and who they get rid of and and, and all that. Um, I don't think they'll they'll try Darnell Johnson. I think the fact that even though he's looked very good and as has Josh Knight mm -hmm. as well, um, I think the fact that Puel has started the last two preseason ga preseason games with Ben Lawan and Morgan as the as the pair suggests that. If they're the only ones that are fit, they will start at Old Trafford. Maguire coming back is, is at the moment, probably the most viable. Powell said he's not going to play. He said it's too short. To, they, they return to training on Monday. Four days is not enough time to get them match ready. Um, even if they say they're, they're mentally ready, he said it's not enough time to get them match ready after a three-week break. But... <coughs> but Steve from Mourinho... Yes. And from Pep Guardiola. Yes. They both played England players in preseason. Yeah, and I think the you know, we've seen yeah, Walker and Stones. And Walker and Stones who both played a lot of games for England. It wasn't they like they were bit part players. And that all of a sudden they've come in and played in the community shield. Um Mourinho, who originally said, Oh no, I'm not gonna play any of my players, this is you know He has like, moaned he has moaned through most of yeah, most of the summer. Bemoaning is look that that Manchester United had to play the Friday night game and when you know, when all of his players <coughs> got to the semi-finals, the likes of Pogba and Lukaku and Lingard. But then, in their final pre-season game, he played Rashford and Jones was, Jones was on the bench as well. Um, so, and he's now hinting that maybe, oh, actually, I might play one of them. So I think there's a few so more games Claude going said on. It, when Claude said it, do we believe him? Or do we think he's bluffing? Because he had a go at Mourinho already. This yeah, and I think, I think the fact that I think Mourinho's comment got, got to him. Mourinho, Mourinho said that that Manchester United were in a worse <coughs> position because they had eight players get to the semi-finals, mm. whereas their opponents had only had a couple. Obviously, Leicester only had two. The world took exception to that, the idea that Mourinho and Manchester United are a lot more unfortunate than Leicester. And so, whether he's Mourinho's lured Puel into into yeah. some mind games and Powell's now playing at that and that's why he's come out and said a couple of weeks ago oh no they're not going to play we've, we can't, we've got to be serious about this we can't possibly play them yeah that was mm. before that was before the performance at Lille and I think that might have changed his mind because of how <coughs> poor Leicester looked at the back I think that might have shoved him into a different mindset now Mourinho's mind games aren't over just yet, whether they are mind games or not, because having said that Manchester United's interest in Maguire had called, it is now reported again that Manchester United are still going to try and lure Maguire to Old Trafford before the start of the season. Now, we've had it from the very top at Leicester, from Kunvichai, that Maguire is not for sale. Do you see this as actual interest? Do you see it as... Gen mind games and do you see Maguire staying at Leicester? Uh, I think 
<coughs> most, I think it's possibly a ploy to try to get Alderweireld. I think that probably makes more sense from Manchester United's point of view in that Spurs seem like they might be willing to sell. Um, Alderweireld seems to want to move. He didn't. He, there was obviously there was talk about it last summer as well, um, and he would probably fit in a bit better with at Manchester United because he's a bit more experienced than Maguire is at the, at the top level. So I think this is probably a case of yeah, maybe Manchester United trying to get some information out there that you know to try and maybe get the the, the fee for Alderweireld down by saying oh, actually we still really like Maguire. Um, if it is if it is true and it is, if it is legitimate, um, I don't think that matters from Leicester's point right. of view. I think Leicester have said that they're going to to offer him a new contract. Certainly, that's what we understand, and it'll be a you know a bumper new contract that yeah. shows how much Leicester value him. Um, but I, I certainly don't expect um, Maguire to leave in the next three or four days. I think he will be a Leicester player. At least for the next season, yeah. I think there's there's a clear. It's fairly clear from Leicester's previous um, windows that they're not willing to let players go when yeah. they're on such big contracts. That Mares and not so close to the end of the deadline because we saw in January with with Mares that it was so close to the deadline. That Leicester yeah. can't sign anyone, no matter what the price. Leicester can't sign anyone to replace him. So we've already seen Alfie Mawson and Ben Gibson, two players that Leicester have been linked with. In the past, they've got new clubs now, so the target pool is shrinking, leaving Leicester with little time mm. to get it sorted. So we, we already know Vichar is not a man that gets bullied very easily at all, especially not so close to the deadline. So I can't see that happening. Yeah, uh, two two high-profile departures in one window would be a, a blow to the the clubs. Well, know, they have ambitions. Of, they have ambitions of European football, don't they? They. The, the chairman sees the team as being pushing for European football. Yeah. He's not going to get that if he sells all his best players. And he's a wealthy man. M money essentially now in the Premier League, it's just so huge. Money is meaningless, really, because mm. Leicester don't need it. And if they're looking to, to, to reach Europe, then no matter what Danny Murphy says... Yeah. There's no need to sell because if no people haven't seen it, Danny Murphy was on Talksport this morning saying that Maguire should <coughs> push for a move to Manchester United. Murphy has history of this because yeah. when it was when it was first it was Mares, now it's Maguire. Danny Bickler Murphy. I don't think Maguire is the kind of player that would that would push for a move like that. And also, um, I, I, I'm not sure. I think. <coughs> I think it's very clear from what he's said and the way he's gone about his career so far that he's he's very ambitious. Um, the only quotes we've had from Maguire since England and maybe and these rumours started coming up, he, he said that I'm very, very happy at Leicester, but I am ambitious and every player wants to play at the top. Um, I agree with him there. I think every player does want to play at the top uh, and that's not surprising particularly for... Uh, you know, for an international centre back in their mid twenties mm. to want to progress to a higher level, um, so it wouldn't surprise me if he did want that move. Yeah, but the idea of pushing for it, the idea of 
falling out with staff at the club and going waiting going, in, a, in going, an, going an full, airport. Go, going full drink water and full Mahrez. Yeah, yeah the, the idea of, you know, you know, refusing to train or, you know, those sorts of things that, we, that we've seen over the past um, yeah, few windows. Doesn't strike me as that kind of no, he doesn't seem like that sort of person. I think, it, I think maybe there'll be an acceptance at the club that in the future they will let him have this big move but just not this window. Yeah, and also it depends, I think Paul said it before in the past as well, which is as long as Leicester can keep developing at the same rate as Maguire in their trajectories, then there's no reason why Leicester can't offer him what he wants. It's that when they get to the point that they aren't on the same level that they have a problem. Yeah, and I think at the minute, although <coughs> Maguire clearly impressed at the World Cup, I think there are still bits of his game that he could mm. improve. So I don't think, I think to be... A ready. I don't think he's a ready-made top six player. Um, I think there are there are bits of his game that are world class, but I don't think there's enough there. Particularly maybe defensive aspects, positioning. Um, I think there's a there's a few things he could work on. So for him, it'd probably be better. Not whether he sees it this way, I don't know. But I think it'd probably be best if he then has another season at Leicester where he's going to play every single game yeah. and he can learn a little bit more. Because again, he's only had two full seasons. Yeah. in the Premier League and the, the season at Hull he didn't play every game um, and he really played in the latter half of the season so yes I think he would probably be better off just having at least one more season at Leicester yes well, we will find out where he, whether he is remaining at Leicester City or Manchester United on Thursday when deadline day and we see if Leicester are going to sign any more players it's going to be a really interesting day we'll bring you all of that news um, on our website and on our social media channels and we I'm sure we'll have another podcast before the start of the season we hope to see you then and we also hope to see you at Old Trafford to bring you all of the action for Leicester City's opening Premier League game against Manchester United at Old Trafford thank you for joining us and we will see you next time